2: We're going to have a great show today, which is January 25th, 2017. We're starting a year out just great. And today we're going to be talking about how to overcome obstacles in your life, which we all have on and off. And our guest is Scott Shamirin, and he is an internationally known hypnotist, a speaker, a coach, and an author. He's been a regular guest on the Howard Stern Show. He's appeared on Fox News and Coast to Coast Radio, and I'm sure a multitude of others. He helps people overcome obstacles and challenges in their lives, and a lot of it is with ADD, ADHD, uh, if you're in pain or you have migraines, if you have overweight issues, smoking issues, drinking issues, drug issues. And unfortunately, cancer. For those of you who would like to call in to ask him some questions, the call in number is 347 324 5328. And if you're online, we have our chat room open as well for questions. So let's bring Scott on our show now. Hello there. Thanks so much for joining us today.
0: You know, thank you for having me. It's an honor to be here.
2: I hope I pronounced your last name correctly.
0: Schmarin. Yeah, you did a good job. Schmarin. (laughs) Well, I tried. (laughs) You did great. I've been called far worse.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh. (laughs) I meant to ask you before the show started, but we were very engaged. I like to start the show up by asking you, how did you get on the path that you're on today?
0: Um, I got on the path I was on today is I started out when I was a kid, and I always had this little voice in my head that told me, you know, you need to help people and you need, you need to make a positive difference in this world. I didn't quite know how I was going to do it. And when I was a kid, you would have known me. You would have noticed me. I was the fat kid. And I was teased, and I was bullied, and I was made fun of. And I was very sensitive, and I began to withdraw from the world, and I spent my time watching bad TV from the 60s and 70s and eating and getting fatter and heavier and getting teased more and withdrawing more. And this horrible cycle continued out through my life. And I had periods of times where I'd lose weight and gain weight. Like, I can remember a time in my life, oh, I was in my 20s, Going to a New Year's Eve party, and there were about fifty people there. And I remember making myself a big plate of food, and of course I had my Diet Coke. And I remember finding a wooden rocking chair to sit down in in this room of all these people. And when I sat down in the chair, the chair broke, Hmm. and there was a short little fat guy laying on the floor with food all over him. And in an instant, the whole room just froze. Everybody stopped. They turned around and looked. And then they all began to laugh. And I guess if you saw it, it would be funny. But to me, it wasn't funny. And all I remember is being so embarrassed, wanting to be an inch tall so I could go hide in the corner and nobody would notice me or see me. And I remember getting out of that place as fast as I could with a big fake grin on my face, going back to my home and spending my New Year's Eve with my two best friends at that time, a large sausage pizza from a place called Nick's and a frozen Sara Lee's cheesecake with the strawberries on it and eating them both. And I was angry. I hated the world. I hated myself. I blamed everybody else for my problems. And I'm a giant. I'm five foot six. And at my peak, I weighed 360 pounds. It was huge. And I tried everything. I lost weight and I gained it. And every time I would gain it back, I could be a little sadder, a little bit more withdrawn from the world. And one day I gave up on myself. I quit. I couldn't stand the pain anymore. And I remember taking a bottle of sleeping pills, a bottle of pain pillars, and pouring them into a paper cup. And I remember walking into the bathroom and placing it on the counter. And when I looked in the mirror, I didn't see anything. And I took all the pills. And I remember going to this chair that I had. I used to hide in the world from that chair. I would eat in that chair. I'd lose myself in TV in that chair. It was like my security blanket. And I was terrified and I was scared. Yet I almost felt a sense of relief that this was going to be the end of it. And at some point I passed out. And to be honest with you, I probably should have died. I mean, I took enough pills to kill an elephant. And I was passed out in that chair for a long time. Never went to a hospital. No one ever came and found me.
2: Oh and my god And then I gosh. remember
0: op- I remember opening my eyes. And I remember seeing the light from above shining down through the window in my living room. And I felt this tremendous sense of peace. Can't really describe it in words. Mm. Words wouldn't do it justice. It was so peaceful. I almost thought that I was dead. It was that peaceful. And then I had the moment when I realized that I was alive. And I realized in that moment that I was here for a reason. I should have been dead, but I wasn't. And in that moment, I got clarity and focus. And I realized that all these years, I've been blaming everybody else for how I was. And in that moment, I took ownership for who I am and what I was at that time. And this wave of emotions, and I started to cry. And I got out of the chair and I said, You know what? I'm going to change. I'm going to find out why. I think the way I do, why do I want to lose weight? I want to be happy. I want to be successful, yet I seem to be sabotaging it all the time. Why are these two people inside of me that are different? So I study how my mind worked. I read a lot of books, started taking a lot of training, and I learned things like hypnosis and neuro linguistic programming and different forms of meditation and visualization. And I began to take these things and mold this program I have, and I started to work on myself. I remember my first goal was to go out in public and not be noticed for being the fat guy. And then Mm -hmm. when I did that, I wanted more. And I created this vision for myself that I had a strong, healthy, lean, attractive, youthful body weighing 175 pounds or less. That's what I wanted. And I burned it in my mind. And I fast forward today, and my weight stays between 171 and 174. I've kept off 180 pounds now for more than 12 years and my life's changed and that little voice in my head telling me I need to help people and make a difference in this world it pushed me to do what I'm doing now and that is why I'm here today speaking with you
2: that's just an incredible story thank you congratulations
0: thank you very much it was life changing
2: mhm mhm uh, was your family supportive Pardon? Your family, were they supportive uh, of you when you um, were a child?
0: Um, was my family supportive of me? I, you know, I, I would say really no. Um, not because they were mean or anything else. It's just what they knew. You know, mm-hmm. parents worked hard, went to school.
1: Okay.
0: Um, you know, it was a different era and a different time. It was in the 1960s. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I was always a quiet, shy, shy kid, so I was withdrawn. And then, when the world started making fun of me and teasing me, it just helped me withdraw even more.
2: Of course, I'm so glad that we have things in place now to protect children from bullying. Yes, it's really a wonderful thing. Well, let's mm-hmm. move on to our um, our subject. Uh, obviously, you've become you know an expert in your field. And particularly in a, you know accomplishing your own personal goals as well as those of others, um, what do you contribute that to?
0: Um, you know, I've been doing this for a long time. And what I've noticed, I've noticed commonalities. I have people that come to me because they have obstacles and challenges they're facing they need to overcome, whether it's a sickness, a disease, or maybe an addictive behavior, food, drugs, alcohol, smoking, whatever it is. And also mm-hmm. people have come to me because they want to accomplish big things. But the process over the years has always seemed to be the same. It was the same process I used for myself. And it's a simple process, but it seems to be effective and it works for people that want to apply it to their lives. And it's not very difficult. Mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm. Where do um, the people, are they referred to you?
0: I, you know, people find me. Uh, don't ask me how. They're referred to me. They find me. Um, you know, I'll do an interesting segment on the Howard Stern Show. Here I did one two weeks ago. And I had several hundred people contact me after that. And mm-hmm. that seems to be typical. People find me through somebody else or through somebody I worked. Mm-hmm. At work. mm-hmm. Um, I've never really done any advertising or um, any really marketing to try and market my services. Um, people seem to gravitate towards me. So I'm very thankful. and very blessed for that.
2: Yeah, uh, that's, that's wonderful. Uh, well, you know, every year people, you know, they set their own goals and they make their own resolutions. And of course, we're at the beginning of the year, 2017.
1: Hmm.
2: What, Happens to people? Why do they not accomplish their goals, or why do they accomplish their goals?
0: Well, I think that most people don't accomplish their goals and their resolutions for the simple reason is the image they have of themselves and their value and belief system doesn't match what they're trying to accomplish. So they consciously have this desire to do something. A good example is I go, to, I go, I've been going to my health club for years. And the Mm -hmm. first two and a half weeks in January, the place is so packed. But I know that by between the 17th and the 20th of January, it's going to empty out. It's going to be the same people I see all the time. (laughs) So what happens is you have this desire to do something different. You start to do it, but your value and belief systems or the image you have of yourself don't match. So what happens at some point is your mind, your subconscious mind says, why are you doing this? This is not who you are. This is not fun. We don't want to do this, so stop it. And it may not say it that way. It'll give you excuses. Oh, you're you're so sore. You've been doing this for so long already. You've been doing it for two straight weeks. I'm so proud of you. Maybe take a day off or two. Oh, you got things to do. Or maybe go back to our diet. You're going to a big party this week, and it gives you a, a logical rationalization of why you should not be doing what you're supposed to be doing, and then the one day becomes two days, the two days become three, and then you stop doing it altogether. And on the same token, people that do accomplish their goals, their value and belief systems in check for what they want to do. So the goal just becomes a catalyst to drive them towards what they want. It's, it's, it really is that simple between those two things.
2: How, how do people develop an image of themselves?
0: Well, you know, we, we all have values and belief systems, and most of our values and beliefs are not even ours. They're from the environment we grow up in, um, the people that have influenced us. You know, from the time you're born to the time you're four years old, you're just big sponge. Mm-hmm. And we take in more, we're shaped and molded. we learn more in those first four years of our life than we will the other years of our life combined. So we grow up in an Sometimes the things are good, sometimes they're bad. Sometimes they're not bad at all, but we take them the wrong way from the perspective of being a kid. A good example is I work with a lot of people that are trying to earn more money. And a lot of them will have one of two issues, and they're really both the same. They get to an income level, and they can't get above it, or they'll have huge rises in income, crash and burn, bottom out, and start all over again. And when we start to dig a little bit, we find that they really grew up in an environment where money was a negative thing. They grew up in a household where they didn't maybe have a lot. So they heard things like, oh, money's the root of all evil. Only dishonest people make a lot of money. You've got to have money to make money. So you, you've been programmed with those things since the day you were born. And then one day you start to have success in your life. And what happens? At some point, that amount of money, whatever it is, it's different for everybody, becomes a lot of money. And all of a sudden, a little device goes off in the back of your subconscious mind and says, you know, you're a good person and good people just don't make money like this. It's not right. But it doesn't say it to you that way. It says to you, you've been working really hard. You should take some time off. Or, you know, what? maybe you should buy a big house or a car that you can't afford and what it does is it finds a way for you to sabotage that success. It's like a thermostat. You start to make too much. The air conditioning kicks on, kicks you down a couple notches. If it gets too cold, the heat will kick back on. And whatever that base is where you're supposed to be at for that room temperature is where you're going to be at.
2: And so what do you do to fix them?
0: Well, the first thing you got to do is you got to become awake and aware of your thoughts, your feelings, and emotions, because the moment you become awake and aware of those things, you have the ability to change them. If you're on autopilot for all these things, it's very hard to change something you're not aware of. Mm-hmm. And then there are, it's a simple process. I, I use a, a four-stage process to help people change. And when I start going back for all the years I've worked with people, I notice we follow this four-stage process, even though I wasn't aware that we were following it. And it's really simple. I call it the four R's. The first thing you need to do is you've got to learn to relax. And what I mean by that is in the relaxed state of mind, all things are possible. You have access to all your creativity, all your imagination, your skills, and your resources. You're at your best. An athlete performing in the zone is in a fully awake, relaxed, hypnotic state, and they'll tell you that it seems like everything is moving slower except for them, and they seem to be able to control and manipulate time, and they're in a flow. And when you're in a relaxed state, you have access. everything you need to do what you need to do. And you think about it, we do just the opposite. We set a goal, and then we're not getting the goal as quickly as we want. So our first inclination is we have to push harder. We have to work harder. So what do we do? We eat less, or we eat more. We don't exercise. We get less sleep. And what happens is we start to fatigue our mind, and we start to stress out our mind, which induces the fight-or-flight syndrome, which means we're releasing lots of cortisol and adrenaline in our system, and our focus of our thought becomes very narrow and we mm-hmm. lose the access to the creative part of our mind. So you got to learn to relax. Your breath is a good way to control yourself to relax. Breathing, deep, breathing deeply, breathing deeply for four or five cycles will start to induce what's called the relaxation response and it'll start to slow your body down. It'll start to slow your mind down. And then after you learn to relax, you got to release. You got to get rid of all the, junk and the garbage and the crap you've been carrying around all these years, old values and beliefs, limiting values and beliefs, things from your environment, maybe trauma associated with something bad that happened to you in your life, they act as filters and they get in the way of you changing and until you clean out those filters and get rid of those limiting values and beliefs, it's going to suck you right back to where you were before. And And how do you you help your
2: clients do that?
0: um, Well, we'll use the hypnotic state but there's other things you can do. Like there's things that your audience can do on their own. One of the things we know is our subconscious mind loves stories and they love metaphors. In other words, we like to know how things relate to other things, and we like big stories to associate with things. So what I always tell people is take some time and think about your limiting values and beliefs. Think about the things you grew up with that get in the way of you accomplishing what you want and start writing them out. And when you write them out, and you think you got them all on a piece of paper, and you can always do the process again, do something big. Have some big ceremony where you destroy them and get rid of them, like maybe have a bonfire and burn them. Have a whole ceremony set up and burn them and destroy them. Make it big and bold, like a big gesture. I mean, think about it. We do that in our lives. We have things like big weddings and big parties to celebrate things to make a bold statement in our mind and they're things that are lasting and memorable. So do the same thing. Get rid of those things. Destroy them. Have some ceremonial thing that you do to destroy those things. Okay. And then the next step after you've cleaned out those filters, is to reprogram your mind. is Put new ideas, put new thoughts, new values and beliefs. Create a big, bold, beautiful picture of how you want your life to be. Your subconscious mind is really cool. It sees in pictures, and it doesn't distinguish between what's real and not real. So if you give it something... Exciting to grab onto, it'll say, Oh, let's go do that. And it'll start driving you towards it. I tell people to write out what they want in as much vivid detail as they can, like you're writing a novel. Because if you start to write these things out, they become the stories of your future realities. Like, I don't know how many times I wrote out in detail, but how I would look, how much I would weigh, how I would experience life everything and you know what I look actually I think I look better than what I actually wrote out I feel good I mean at 54 years old I'm in the best shape I've ever been in my life I can do the things I never did before the the stories you write out now do become your future realities and the last arm this process this is to reinforce it you got to do it's like working out it would be a wonderful thing if I could go to the gym one time work out have the perfect body and never have to do it again not going to happen and your Mm -hmm. mind is the same way if you've been thinking a certain way for so many years you can't just do something a few times and expect it to change forever you've got to keep pushing your mind in that direction and eventually that'll become your norm like i don't really worry about my weight anymore i don't even think about it i don't food has no power over me i don't worry about being overweight i don't think about it it's not who i am and so you've got to keep pushing your mind, reinforcing. I've been following my routine now for 14 years. I have no intention of stopping.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Repetition is the mother of all success. And it's a powerful tool. And the things I have my people do are really pretty simple. However, they're not always easy. Sometimes things get in the way. And those simple things that we need to do, that we should do, sometimes are not easy for people.
1: hmm
2: That's really, really uh, great advice, really is. So if people want to change and they want to get rid of their old limiting values and beliefs, then they basically need to follow your four R's.
0: Well, I think it's the simplest thing, and we have a tendency to overcomplicate things. Mm -hmm. I'm a very simplistic person. I always try to take something I'm trying to do, and I try to break it down into the most simple steps I can do. Because if they get to be too complicated, guess what? People won't do them.
2: That's very true. Very
0: true. We we overcomplicate things we really don't want to do. So if I keep them simple, they're much easier to follow. And if it's worked for other people, it can work for somebody else.
2: Where does hypnosis enter your four R's?
0: I use it for all four.
2: You um, do? Okay. I'll work
0: with my clients with hypnosis first in the relaxation process. Um, like the the clients I had today, um, all of them were new. They just started with me. And we, we work okay. on sim- simply doing deep relaxation, getting them used to relaxing. And what I do is I record a session for them. I work with all my clients on the telephone. So what I do is we spend about 20 minutes on the phone and we talk. I take a lot of notes on the things they say. And then I produce this relaxation recording for them. And what it does is it allows them to relax and go into a very deep hypnotic state. And I have them listen to that every day for a week. And what it does is it conditions them to begin to relax, to begin to expand their imagination, your creativity. And what they find is their stress levels start to go down. Um, Usually whatever they're working on or an obstacle or challenges they're facing become a little bit less because they lose some of their fear. And then we go into the next stages. We, I use hypnosis to get them to release all the old baggage they've been carrying around and use wonderfully beautiful stories and metaphors in the hypnotic state to get them to do that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then the same thing, we create this beautiful picture for them in their subconscious mind of what they want to accomplish and who they are and what they are and the, the complete picture. How, how will they be? How do they want to be physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, relationships, career, income? everything and make it a complete total picture and then just install it in their subconscious mind and reinforce. It.
2: Do people get stuck on the, on the reprogramming part because a lot of times people don't know um, what it is they want.
0: Well, we, I give them exercises that are not in hypnotic state that they have to do in between our sessions but what mm-hmm. happens is many times when you've had a habit you've had for a long time, and I'm going to use weight because it's the most common one I see issues with. If you've been very heavy for a long time, that's a very that's a very guarded belief. Because in the subconscious mind, it believes it's keeping you safe and protected. So the moment oh. you start to change it, sometimes you get kickback. And sometimes it happens right away. Sometimes it happens farther down the road. You get resistance. And it it starts to say things to you like, oh, you've been doing this for a long time. Look how successful. Are you losing weight? Oh, you know what? Why don't you go enjoy yourself this weekend? And then you start to enjoy yourself, and then it's hard to get back on, and it starts to suck you back to where, where it feels comfortable. Understand that we are creatures of familiarity. We are creatures of habit. Even if those habits are negative or bad, we will have a tendency to drift towards those because that's what we know. And we're terrified of the unknown, even if the unknown is better than what we have. So you just got to keep pushing. And I always tell my clients, at some point, you may have some resistance. You may be totally unaware of it, but I'll be able to see it because I'm seeing you from a different perspective, Mm -hmm. and I'm going to let you know. So, yes, it does Hmm. happen.
2: Hmm. So how do people access the relaxed zone state? Is that the strictly relaxation. through recording or, or through something else as well? Well,
0: yes, but it just the average person can really start to slow down their thinking and slow down their body by simply finding a quiet place to sit and breathing deeply, if they can, okay. inhaling through their nose. And when I say breathe deeply, breathing low from your abdomen and extending out your stomach, and then just slowly exhaling out through your mouth. And when you do that, several times in a row you start to slow down the mind you start to slow down your body maybe even doing mm-hmm. it with your eyes closed and you start to relax you start to slow down your brainwave pattern you know when you're fully awake you're in beta the light dreaming state all the way down to the deep dreaming state and the hypnotic state are from alpha to theta and you start to enter that state the same state you would when you daydream and just stay there for a little while and just focus your attention on your breath going in and going out and allow yourself to relax. It's pretty simple.
2: Is it close to meditation?
0: Well, meditation and hypnosis and all these things are the same state of mind. There's differences. In most meditations, you're looking for silence. You're looking to silence and quiet the mind of all thoughts. That's a good thing. In a hypnotic state, we're taking you down and opening up that doorway in your subconscious mind and now directing it and guiding it into a certain direction to do certain specific things,
1: hmm.
2: interesting. The whole process is very is very, very interesting.
0: thank you I, I I find it fascinating.
2: and you came up with this on your own,
0: yeah, I mean, I've been working on this for years, you know, I've been my own greatest science project <laughs> <So>.
2: <laughs> the world's greatest experiment of success. Right. <laughs> right. Oh, this is great. Um, we have a question on our chat line from uh, David and he, he's curious as to how did you establish your career? How did you how establish your career? Co-
0: I was, I had, I was in the real estate business for a long time and I was a residential real estate broker and as they started making these transformations, people started asking me, what did you do? Can you help me? And I started helping other people. And then there was that little voice in my head that was telling me, you know, you need to help people. You need to make a difference in this world. Really started screaming and yelling at me saying, you need to do this. This is your calling. So I listened. I chucked in my real estate career and I said, this is what I'm going to do. And this is what I've been doing.
2: Do you, do you remember who your first client was?
0: Well, my first clients were my children. I used to uh, work with them on their athletic performance.
2: Oh, for heaven's sake. <laughs> um,
0: and then I had other people who were in athletics. I had uh, the gentleman I worked with his daughters were actually very good athletes for college. Um, and it just I helped people with cancer. I started out with friends, and then you know it just kept rolling and changing.
2: I imagine, um, you know, with cancer these days, the statistics were one out of three in their lifetime, but I think it's starting to get down to one out of every two. So I I imagine you probably have quite a clientele at this point.
0: Um, I work with some people for cancer. Um, Mm Cancer is an interesting thing. Um, My girlfriend had ovarian cancer this year. And I went through this journey with her and what I noticed is one of the, you know, our treatments for cancer are getting better. However, more and more people are getting cancer. And that's because we have too much focused attention on cancer as a disease. We Mm -hmm. should be focused on healing, not on cancer. And I went through this journey with her and she's an amazing woman and we focused on her healing and She's very strong. I mean, we worked on some sessions together. I recorded, and she would have them. And we went through this process, and she went through shining. I mean, she had one course of chemo, she had surgery, and she's she's free of disease in, in six months. And that's highly unusual. It shouldn't be unusual. It should be the norm. And but we noticed is the environment in the hospital, in the environment of doctors. It's, it's too much about cancer. We don't there's nobody's talking about healing and getting better. And mm-hmm. and you've got to have the expectation of being healthy or you're not going to be. And you've right. got to have the expectation of healing or you're not going to be. And if you can change that thought process, I would imagine those numbers would change.
2: Mhm. Mhm. Well you know, I'm a cancer survivor and uh I chose the road of being extremely positive, being extremely happy. Good. And mm-hmm. when I was going in for treatments, I was like that around everybody. Mm-hmm. And some people just couldn't understand it. No. They actually would get angry with me because I was so mm-hmm. happy. I and, understand
0: exactly where you're coming from.
2: And uh, so I couldn't to touch. Yeah, I couldn't touch their lives. There was there just wasn't any way, other than those that were pretty sick and couldn't eat. I found a uh, um, a nutritional drink, so I would bring those and give them colleges and then he would hand them out to them. Mm-hmm. Those mm-hmm. that you know were open to it.
0: I think that's I think that's terrific, and going in and bringing a positive source of energy into an environment like that is is really important. Mhm. Mhm.
2: Yeah. And you know, I came out, I mean, I'm, I'm cured. It's been a really, really long time. I am one of the happiest people on earth. (laughs) (laughs) I love everything that I do. I love every day. And, um, you know, I, I try to promote that. So I am in, uh, I completely understand and I'm very happy for your girlfriend very happy and Thank she was you. very fortunate, extremely fortunate to have you in her life.
0: So oh, we're, we're fortunate to have each other.
2: Mm-hmm. Is there anything else that you would like to add today that perhaps we haven't Is there covered? Anything
0: else I'd like to add? Um, after, I could probably talk for another two or three hours,
1: but, <laughs> ah. um,
0: no. Um, you, um, you have my information. If people want to reach out to me and get a hold of me, um, please, I'd love for them tell, to get a hold tell, of me.
2: Please, please tell our listeners how they can reach you.
0: Sure. You can get a hold of me a couple of ways. One, you can call me directly. You can reach me at area code 847-331-5848. You can email me at scott at Mind dot com, and also my web address is www.UltimateVisionaryMind.com. com.
2: Great. Well, thank you so much for being with us today. Um, I think that we covered everything absolutely beautifully. You're a wonderful orator. Thank you. And um, thank you. Your your message is is great, and you continue going out there into the world and helping people because. You're very special that way.
0: That's very kind of you to say that. Thank you. I appreciate you having me on your show.
2: You're welcome. Take care.
0: All right. You too. Take care.
2: Bye-bye. Bye. 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 All right, listeners. That um, concludes our show for today. Thank you so much for tuning in. And um, we look forward to you joining us again next Wednesday. At 4 p.m., which is Pacific Standard Time, and 7 p.m., Eastern Standard Time. Until then, take care and be well.
1: We celebrate our listeners worldwide and invite you to contact Denise at www.healthmedianow.com with any questions you may have. And follow her on Twitter at Health Media Now and Facebook at Health Media Now. For those interested in an advertising campaign on her show, contact Lisa at knowledgeworkspub.com. Be sure to visit gotcancernowwhat.com for information on Denise Messenger's award-winning book, Got Cancer? Now What?